What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast. So glad that you are here with me this week. Have you ever felt like you had too much work to do and not enough time to do it? And you're probably chuckling saying, of course, Chris, why even ask that silly question? Well, that's exactly where this week's guest was a few years back. He came to a breaking point and almost gave up on his web design business. But rather than calling it quits, he worked on some systems to help reduce the amount of time that it took him to work on web design projects. And not only did it allow him to keep going, but from the systems that he created, he was able to scale his web design business to a whole new level. And that is exactly what he's going to be talking with us about this week. I can't wait for you to hear some of the great insight that he has. But before we go into that, I got to ask, have you subscribed? Have you commented? Have you left a review on any of the podcast platforms? I'd love it if you would. It not only helps me, but it helps other people who are looking for good insight on how to be a web design freelancer and grow in their career as designers. So I want to encourage you to take a second and do that. But without any further ado, are you ready to hear some great insight from Mr. Anthony Tran? All right, here we go. Well, hey, Anthony, thank you so much for being on the Self-Made Web Designer podcast. So happy to have you here, bro. Yeah, man. Nice to nice to be here. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself, about how you got started and where you are today. I was working in a corporate uh, environment and grinding away 60-hour weeks, and I was trying to build a side hustle. I was trying to build a, a business online. And eventually, I decided one day to quit my job. It was a weekend decision. Uh, started a podcast, did that for a couple of years, and eventually that grew into a web design business and led to other opportunities. So uh, it's been quite a journey. It's been since 2013. So we're rocking about seven years now. It's been a lot of fun. Tell me about the moment that you decided it was it was time to be done with your corporate job. Like how long had you been doing your side hustle and where was your income level at with the side hustle specifically? This is going to be kind of a shocker to you, but I didn't have any income. It was literally like jump off a cliff and build a parachute on my way down. <laughs> but it wasn't like one of those things where I didn't know what I was getting into. It was actually like seven years or so where I was basically self-educating myself at night, did a lot of courses, read a lot of books, experimented with some niche websites, things like that. And I just kind of was keep dabbling into it. I mean, I wasn't doing a lot, maybe two hours a night. And eventually I said, you know what, if I really want to take this to the next level, I got to go all in because doing two hours a night wasn't getting me where I wanted to be fast enough. So found a coach, John Lee Dumas, not sure if you know who he is. He decided that uh, he would take me on and I wanted to learn from him and go all in. And my wife said, hey, you got a year, you got one year. That was the agreement. She said, you got one year to make money. Uh, replace your income and allow me make enough money to allow me to quit my job too. It was 13 months. I was able to re, to be able to get my wife to be able to quit her job. And we were both working full time on business. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause there are so many people I feel like who they, they want to get into web design or web development, but they, they keep 
constantly going through courses and not feeling like they know enough to actually either just go for it or charge people for what they know how to do. But you were kind of the other end of the spectrum where you're just like, if, if I'm going to do this, I, I need to just go in feet first and figure out how to get it done on the way down. Yeah. So let me kind of share, cause I, I didn't initially know that I was going into web design. It was something that evolved. So I was doing a podcast and I was doing YouTube videos and training people about online marketing. And I was in a mastermind group and I was just sharing with people knowledge and information that I had like SEO, how to build websites. Uh, Cause people were just asking like, Oh, what plugin do I use for this? And uh, does anybody know how to do SEO or how do I, um, you know, add this domain to my website. They were just asking very general WordPress questions. And I would just jump in and I was on Facebook and I was answering questions. And somehow I just became the go-to guy for WordPress questions. And then in the group, I was the WordPress guy. You know, oh, if you got a WordPress question, go ask Anthony, he'll help you out. Eventually it got to the point where people were asking me like, oh, can you help me with my website? I love your website. Can you build me one? At first I was like, no, I don't, I don't do that. That's you know, I'm creating tutorials and doing my podcast and doing all these things. And I kept getting asked over and over and over, please, you know, I'll pay you, blah, blah, help me. And the whole year window thing was getting closer and I wasn't making that much money. And I was like at the 10 or 11th month mark where I was like, it's either I got to make money or I got to go back to work. And I decided, you know what? So many people are asking me about this web design thing. Let's just give it a shot. You know, what, what could go wrong type of deal. And so I started taking on clients and that opened up the floodgates. Cause once I started taking on clients, other people heard about it. I want him. I want him. When can you help me type of deal? I told my wife, I'm like, Holy crap, I'm making some pretty decent money here. Uh, I think you can quit your job now and you can help me with our business. That's kind of how it started. It wasn't like I had originally thought that was, what I was going to do. I was just giving value, helping people. And I became, you know, the go-to person in my my little community that I had. What would you say to people who are maybe considering jumping into either like a marketing side hustle or a web design side hustle or something like that? Definitely learn some, get some foundational stuff and then start taking on, you know, people that, you know, I, I started with friends and family to kind of like start building my portfolio as far as when it comes to the website. So I asked uh, one of my real estate agents, like, Hey, do you need help with a website? And, uh, and I told him at the time, I said, Hey, I'll, I'll really do it for a lot less than I would normally charge you because I'm trying to build my portfolio. I'd love to get a testimonial after you're done. And that was definitely an advice I would give people who first start out is start working with people, you know, that they know, like, and trust you and that they're going to give you an opportunity. And then that way you can start kind of getting, some experience working with people, working through the process of getting a client, getting paid, going through the project timeline, doing revisions, launching a site. You know, there's a lot of these, these little steps along the way. And if you can work with someone that you feel comfortable with, that kind of helps you get through the, the jitters of working with, you know, a brand new person that you never met. And that's, and that's a cold client. So that's how I started. I started with friends and family first. And then those friends and family started referring their friends and family. And then it just kind of grew from there. So, so things are going along and it's starting to pick up steam and all of a sudden you figure out like, Hey, it's, it's time to bring your wife on board with your business. And then I'm sure some time passes by and, and you probably came to a point where you had to bring more people on your team. So talk about that process of like having too much work and then figuring out how to maybe offset some of that. Yeah. So when I was doing it, I was like, the guy. So I was the t- 
taking on clients, communicating with the clients. I was designing the sites, building the sites, launching the sites. And my wife was doing all the administrative stuff. She was helping with social media, helping me with accounting, helping me with all the human resource stuff, you know, the tax, setting up the business license, all this stuff that I honestly didn't want to get involved in. <laughs> and eventually she wanted to, to take on some more creative stuff. And I started teaching her some of the web design stuff. So we were both eventually got to a point where we were both building websites. But still, you'd be amazed that with just a half, couple handful of clients, your pipeline can get pretty full pretty fast. And I started having to say no to people. And I was basically leaving money on the table. And so I realized, gosh, this is, if I want to grow a business to bigger than what it is now, I need to be able to scale up and hire people and teach people our process so that we can take on more clients. Talk a little bit about the, the systems and the, and the processes that y you ended up coming up with when somebody came to you and what, what the funnel looked like and, and what an onboarding process looked like. Because I think so many web designers, they shoot from the hip absolutely every single time they have a brand new project. You and I know that that can waste a lot of time, a lot of energy, and, and create a lot of tension between you and the client. So what, what did that look like for you guys? So when I created my systems, I started taking notes of everything that I was doing from beginning to end with, uh, with each client. So I would take notes like, okay, uh, first, it started with a website consultation call. Okay, what did that look like? What did I say? What did they talk about? What were the common questions? And then what what happened next? Okay, I need to provide them a proposal. Okay, what did that look like? Then I need to maybe follow up with them and then actually need to deliver the proposal. And then once we deliver the proposal, they sign the contract. Now I need to onboard them. And what did that process look like? And then once I work on the project, what does that process look like? And then once I launched the web, the website. What are the things that I had to do step-by-step step to launch the website? So that's kind of how the methodology I took. I started documenting everything. I created uh, Trello. I don't know if you ever heard of Trello.com. Uh, Trello it's like little Trello boards, these little cards. Uh, and so I created my own little CRM Kanban system, basically. So every customer that first comes on that contacts us gets a little card and I move them along through each process and stage of where they're at. So that way, if I'm having juggled 10, 20 different people, I know exactly where they are in every, every stage of the process. And I started uh, creating template emails because I've started to find that I was kind of saying the same things over and over. So I would draft a, a template of like, for example, when they first inquire, I'd be like, okay, well, thank you for checking out Marketing Access Pass. Could you do me a favor and fill out this website questionnaire? It only takes a few minutes. It really helps us understand your business faster. And then afterwards, we'll set up a quick call, a quick website tech consultation call or something like that. So I knew that I was always saying that. So I created a little template. And of course, I was kind of tweaking to each person a little bit to personalize it, but it was pretty much the same thing. And then same thing, I had different template emails for proposals, uh, template emails for uh, onboarding. And eventually, once I found these nice templates that I was kind of working for me, I took it one step further and I put it into Active Campaign, which is an email autoresponder. And you can create these automated campaigns. So, example, whenever a new customer comes on, I always send them the same two or three emails. So, I, I actually create an automated email campaign. So, as soon as the customer gets on, I would hit that onboard button and they would get a series of emails that kind of walks them through, like, hey, thank you for signing up. Here's the things I need. I need your login information. Here's your, uh, please send me your 
your pictures, your graphics, your logos, things like that. And then, so these onboarding emails was, is like a s automation that I've created that allows me to scale and kind of create systems. And the same thing, when they launch a website, I had a, also an automated email sequence that would say, you know, thank you for giving us opportunity to build your website. Here's what you do next. Can you leave us a testimonial or view, you know, also, did you know that we offer maintenance and support? Please sign up or, you know, I was basically, if you find your part of your business, you'll see that there's repetition. And if you can take those repetitive things and automate it, it allows you to scale. So how long was that process? Because I'm sure it, it probably took you more than just a few days to figure out what did that look like for you? I was doing freelancing for about a year. And I wish I had learned and developed these processes and systems earlier because it would have allowed me to scale faster. But hey, you know what? It's all about growing pains. So after about a year, I started to realize like these are these patterns. These are things. And I'm like, how? And I once I started getting that mindset where I need to, I can automate and I can you know, scale, uh, I started to identify other things in my business that I'm like, well, maybe there are other things that I can automate and scale. So here's one thing that I'm going to share with you that was very eye-opening for me was when I first started working with clients, let's say if it was a real estate agent and I said, okay, I can build your WordPress website. I'm going to go find a real estate WordPress theme <laughs> and I would go theme shopping to find something that would look kind of like what they were looking for. And then I would customize that theme to fit their needs. The only problem with that was every time that I worked on a new client project, I was working with a new theme and every theme is different. And some themes, the developers didn't always support it after a while. So themes would break or I couldn't get support. So it's like I hit this roadblock, like every single time I'm having to start over. And so I found Beaver Builder. Beaver Builder is a page builder. And the wonderful world of Beaver Builder allowed me to basically use one theme and one page builder for all of my client projects. And the beauty of that was we were learning one theme. And so we could train and create video tutorials for our clients. And I could train my team on how to use it. And they get very, once they start using it, they get familiar and they're level of efficiency got better so we could create projects even faster. So it was a big eye-opening moment like, oh my gosh, okay, if I can standardize not only my emails and my processes, but I can also standardize the software and tools that I'm working with so that I can be really good at it and fast. I, I was the same way when I first got started. You know, it was somebody needed a website. I would try to find them a theme that matched and it could be anything whatsoever. And then finally, I was like, you know what? It's taken me at least a couple of days just to learn all the ins and outs of these different themes. And so I, I need to just pick one and stick to it. And that cut my workflow down considerably when I did that. I think it's great advice. So you mentioned having a process where at the end or after launch date, You'd follow up and you would say, you know, hey, do you need ongoing support? Here's some other things that I offer as uh, a business that that might be beneficial to you. And, and I think a lot of web designers don't don't realize a lot of the things that they are missing out if they think of themselves as just website builders. So, so what kind of things were you finding, and what kind of things? were clients happy to sign up for, you know, cause I'm sure you probably tested a few things as far as what type of products or services you offered, but what, what were really home runs and what were some things that maybe didn't work so well? So before I answer that question, let me kind of tell you at a big aha moment too. So I also 
was just a website builder at first. I was like, I once I launch your site, you're on your own. <laughs> and I didn't realize uh, how much money I was leaving on the table because so, you know, we're taking on big projects and multiple projects. And so my income was lumpy. I would have these huge spike months where I make a ton of money. And then sometimes it would kind of slow down and go up and down, up and down. And it, you know, it kind of gets stressful when you, you feel like your income is not consistent, especially if you got mortgages, bills and things like that. So I started thinking about services. And so the answer to your question, I started experimenting at first with SEO services. So I said, well, maybe I can do, uh, cause after, website launches, people are like, okay, now I want to get traffic to my site. So I started experimenting with social media marketing and offering that as a service, offering SEO as a service. I even, I think one time did Facebook ads as a service. So I was experimenting with different things. Some I'd liked doing and some I didn't like doing. So I definitely learned what I wanted to keep doing and what I didn't want to keep doing. But ultimately what I ended up settling on was providing WordPress support and maintenance. So customers, it's a very logical thing for them. After they work with you, they want to keep working with you, right? They know, like, and trust you. They're like, Hey, you built my site. Can you help me update my plugins? Can you do hosting for us? Can you do small minor tweaks? Hey, I, I need a new page. Can you create me another page? Things like that. And so when I started taking on that, it, it created another second income stream for me, which is recurring revenue, which is so important for web designers, because now you don't take you take away that volatility of, you know, big upswings and downswings with client projects. You have a nice base level of recurring revenue coming in from your monthly support program. So, you know, you got the bills to cover you can pay your team and you can do everything, you know, pay all your software and programs. And then projects on, I feel like is gravy on top of that. Right. So I tried a lot of different things. Some worked, some didn't. And ultimately, WordPress support maintenance is the one that stuck. So tell me, you know, like what would you charge a client for a WordPress maintenance package? And I'm sure it varies depending on the client's needs. Yeah, it depends on the client's needs, depending if, you know, how much support some clients want bigger retainers, they want more hours each month. So it, it typically varied between 100 to $500. You know, sometimes we had bigger clients that needed more and we could charge, you know, a couple thousand. Um, you know, some of them wanted like, more detailed stuff like SEO and content publishing and things like that. So, but most of my retainer customers are in the hundred to 500 as far as monthly support. And then, like I said, if they wanted additional design pages, membership add-ons, things like that, then we would just charge them per project. So you've talked a little bit about the automation of the funnel from when somebody finds you to, you know, working them through the process of figuring out if they're going to work with you. But what did your process look like for finding new clients? I mentioned I did the podcast and I didn't realize at the time, but that was a huge lead generation thing for me. Uh, I was just doing interviews with other online marketers and wanted to share their story and their information, their knowledge. And that's kind of the same thing when I was in my mastermind group, people just through talking and having me on their podcast or vice versa, I became known as a WordPress guy in their minds. And so they, whenever they had clients that needed help with WordPress, they would start to naturally refer them to me. And so that was a huge lead generation thing because when you have someone that you already know, like, and trust, and they refer some, you know, you to somebody else, you already have this certain level of trust that goes along with it, right? Let's say you're my coach and I go, coach Chris, I need help uh, with the website. And you're like, Hey, you know what? I know the perfect guy. This guy's awesome. He's amazing. Already, 
you have already sold me to this, to your friend. I'm already like 50% there because even without even talking to your web guy, I'm already like 50% like bought in because I'm already bought into you and I know, like, and trust you. So I would say referrals is huge. Uh, and that, and that can go in many ways because, uh, so not only was I getting referrals from my network of people that I knew within the community, but I also started getting referrals from other, from previous clients. So my clients were also building websites and growing their business and their friends and family were asking them, wow, I love your website. Who did it for you? And they say, Hey, I know my web guy. Well, let me introduce you. So I would say 80% of my business was referrals. And then 20% was like from social media, podcasts, people listening to my podcast, people watching my YouTube video, people coming to my website, found me randomly on LinkedIn or something like that. But 80% of it was definitely referrals. Talk a little bit about, you know, maybe some struggles along the way. You know, I, I think right now, as as we record this, like the the country is just kind of upside down. You know, we're going through a pandemic, the coronavirus. A lot of people are sheltering in place. I'm, I'm sure you've hit some roadblocks in your web design business. So what do those look like and how did you get through them? Well, I feel blessed that the coronavirus hasn't impacted our business uh, too much. We're actually pretty busy. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people who are in quarantine right now who've always wanted to work on their side hustle or their, you know, focus on their business. Uh, this is their time that they're like, Hey, you know what? I'm at home. I have to actually have the time to be able to work on that website that I've always wanted. So I actually been getting a lot of people coming in, but as far as challenges and obstacles throughout the years, like I said, I've had many, I, I definitely hit a uh, burnout, uh, a good two years into it. So after two years of just going it hard, trying to do it all by myself, I hit a huge roadblock where I just, I couldn't even like do anything for a couple months. I was just so burnt out. And that's where the light bulb really came on where I said, you know, I really need to find a way to scale my business and get help. And that's when I started, like I said, I started hiring teams, team members to help me. And so, so I say struggle number one was making the mistake of trying to do everything myself. I think, I think it was good at first to do it because I had to like teach myself the process. I had to understand the process and build my confidence. But once I knew the process and I can systemize it and create processes, then I could hand it over to other people. And so that's where I knew that that was the next growth phase. I would say the other big aha moment was I was undervaluing our work in the beginning. And a, a coach of mine said, whatever you're charging right now, double it. And then in a few months, double it again. In a few months, double it again. And it was it was one of those things where I had to like feel confident that what I was offering was valuable to people and that people would be willing to pay for it. And it's amazing. The, the, the thing with money is it's all about confidence. It really is. Like what I was charging people to create a website in the beginning and what I'm charging people now is exponentially higher. But the process was exact, exactly the same. It was just my confidence in overcoming that fear of asking for more because eventually I started to realize like, if I don't ask for more money, then I'm not gonna be able to pay my team. I'm not gonna be able to scale my business and grow it more. Like, so I had to overcome that fear and I slowly just started asking more, asking more. And I started realizing that people weren't saying no. So 
obviously they find it valuable and my, my, maybe my prices were so undercut in the, compared to the market. And so uh, I think that was a big aha moment was valuing your, your time and effort and knowing how much, you know, that you're worth the money is essentially is what I'm trying to say. I think a lot of, you know, freelance web designers or, or people with a web design business, especially when they're first getting started, they, they struggle with that confidence because, you know, they're, they're kind of half-heartedly saying yes to projects anyways. They're, you know, people are saying, can you do this? And the answer is yes, you know? Um, so <laughs> yeah. what, what happened that, that changed that for you? Was it just going for it or was it that you had a few websites under your belt and you're like, I know that I can do this and I know that I could add value? Um, or was it just a mindset shift? I think it was both. Yeah, I think over time you start to realize how much time and effort you do put in these projects. And then you start thinking back and you're like, gosh, man, I only got paid that. And you take out taxes and software and all these other things. I'm like, how much am I making per hour? Holy cow, like uh, I'm I'm making peanuts. And so you start to realize like, gosh, you know, like I, I need to charge more. So that's number one It's just you, you start to value your own time. And then you start to realize that how much value you bring to other people. Like, you know, I created uh, websites for clients who are making well into six figures. And I'm like, and, and I use that mindset, like, okay, if, if they invested this much in their business and they can eventually get to their income goal, how much value have I provided them? Right? So sometimes when, it, when money is not trading money for hours, it's trading for like, how can you help them? If, if let's say someone pays you, I don't know, five, six, $7,000, but they're able to use that website to make it a hundred thousand dollar business. You tell them like, Hey, you invest five, $6,000, but in the end you might make a hundred thousand people will be like, I buy that all day. <laughs> right. So it's a, it's a value value proposition there. So you've, you've built an agency essentially and things things are going well and it it sounds like you know you you made a transition just probably about a year ago um and you're actually on staff with with Beaver Builder so so talk about about that transition of of even handing the company off and and working for uh a corporation again what did that look like for you it's been a couple of years i was working um with the agency with our agency and my wife continue to get better and better. And she became a better designer, better builder than me. And she really enjoyed uh, working with clients. And we had already streamlined the process. We had automated things and we brought in like designers and other builders. And, and so it was just kind of one of those things where I started to realize like, okay, well, where do I fit in all of this? Right. Uh, it's weird because you kind of work, you, you, you work yourself out of a job type of thing. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm just now like the client consulting guy, the face person. And I'm like, you know, I want I want to continue to challenge myself. And so I sat down with my wife basically one day and I was like telling her, I'm like, you know, I feel like you got this and I want to do something. I want to do, I want to do some other stuff. You know, I want to challenge myself. I want to learn new stuff. I want to work on new things. And so I started kind of self-exploring like, what, what does that look like? And I really love marketing side of it. So I love content marketing, doing SEO, um, creating campaigns. I love, uh, you know, public speaking, you know, things like that. So I loved all these things. And I felt like I needed to find that outlet, that creative outlet to 
And we had been working with Beaver Builder using their products for, I think, four or five years already. So I was, we were already big fans. And one day my wife got an email newsletter from them saying, hey, we're looking to grow our team. We're looking for uh, a marketer to join our team. And I kind of sat on it for a couple of weeks, trying to think, like, do I, do I want to do this? And uh, eventually I just had this burning voice inside of me said, like, go apply, do it. It's going to be awesome. And it's been one of the best decisions I've made recently. And I just love working with the guys. It's been so much fun. And it's so complimentary to what I'm doing. And they're like, they love the fact that we had already been using their stuff for so many years. So obviously I can speak about it. So when I'm doing marketing, I understand because I was the ideal customer. I was the customer using the product. So I understand who their customer base is. I understand the product. So being able to talk about it, explain it, create video tutorials, blog about it was so natural. It was such a natural progression. So let's backtrack a little bit, you know, back to, back to those days when you were first starting to hire people. Cause I actually started to go down this road um, and I, and I looked for some talent overseas, but I, I never quite was able to bridge the gap. So what did that process look like for you when you first started l- looking to bring people onto your team or to maybe take over some projects who, you know, weren't a part of your family or you didn't know that well? It was definitely, I would set, give them, um, one-off projects. I would never hire someone for me. This is, I never hired someone like full on and just have them start working. I, I definitely wanted to test to see if they were a good fit. Did they have the right skill set? Did they have the right design eye? Did they have the right experience and knowledge with Beaver Builder and WordPress? How much did I have to train and teach them or could they just hit the ground running? So these were all the questions that I had. And the only way for me to feel comfortable was to actually test the waters. Let's give them, let's give them a project. Let's see what they can do. And it was definitely trial and error. You know, I got some that were really bad, so bad where some, they messed up a client project so bad that I ended up having to refund the customer because I was just horrified of the the end result, you know? And so, but you learn, right? You learn what, what works and what you're looking for and what skill sets. And then eventually we found the right people. And once you find the right people, it's, it's awesome. It's a really good, good feeling. You're now at a place where it sounds like you found like the right place for you to work. Like everything's going well for your agency. So, so what's on the horizon? What's, what's next for you guys? You know, we're continuing to build, uh, we, I, we have one other side of the business that I didn't talk about, which was access WP. It's an unlimited WordPress support business where any person who has a WordPress site can come in work with our team. They pay a month to month, you know, it's like, for example, $99 a month to get unlimited WordPress support. Customers can come in, say, Hey, you know, send an email, a support ticket, and they need assistance with their website. Our team will take care of it within a reasonable time frame, And they just keep, keep uh, sending emails when, as needed, and we'll continue to help them. And so that part of the business is great because it's another recurring revenue a source of income for us. Uh, it definitely aligns with what we're doing. You know, it's definitely helping the WordPress community and still continue to position us as, you know, brand ambassadors when it comes to WordPress and helping people with their websites. Uh, we Like we talked before the show, I'm planning to reintroduce the podcast again because that was a lot of fun. And now I feel now I feel like I'm in a better position where I could be able to be able to do that again. What final words, what, what encouragement can you leave everybody with people who are 
maybe in the middle of it, just trying to get started and, and having a tough time getting going, what would you say to them? I would say, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, definitely start, you know, start small and then you you can work. You know, like I said, this has been a growth journey for me for many, many years. So it wasn't like an overnight success story by any means. But uh, I had to start one thing. I had to start and just tr- just try it out. Start with one customer and then one client. And over time, like I said, you build confidence, you build systems, you build process. You just keep stacking over and over and over. And you're going to learn. You're going to get better. And through those trial and errors, you're going to you're going to be able to continue to grow your business. You know, one of the best advice that I had when I first started as an entrepreneur, which sounded funny to me at the time, was someone told me, fail forward fast. Fail forward fast. Basically what he was trying to tell me, and I was like, at the time, I was like, you want me to fail? He's like, no, no, no. You have to understand as an entrepreneur, failing is not bad. It's It means that you're learning. And if you can learn and make a lot of mistakes quicker, you're going to move your business forward faster. There's a guy that I looked up up to as a designer, and he uh, he said that winners lose a lot more than losers do, and uh, you know the idea that losing is a part of winning is is such a key to success, such a key to you know growing and and figuring out that next step. So love your story, Anthony, and and grateful that you came on and shared your expertise with the self-made web designer community. If someone was looking for you online, where would they be able to find you? Our website, marketingaccesspass.com. Definitely check us out there. Feel free to reach out, uh, send me an email, and I'll be happy to help you out in every way I can. Man, such great insight from Anthony Tran on how to scale your web design business with automated systems. I once heard it said that you can trace pretty much every problem back to a system that hasn't been developed. And so I want to encourage you, take some of this information, take some of this insight to heart. Go and create systems for yourself, not even as it relates to web design, but in your life. Do you have a system for how you're doing things? Do you have a system for when you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed? Creating systems will help you to accomplish the things that you are trying to accomplish in every area. I'm glad that you were here with us this week on the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast. Can't wait for you to be with us again next week. It is happening Tuesday night, midnight. It's going to be fantastic. You're not going to want to miss it. Set your alarms. Set something on your phone. Set something on your watches. Whatever. Make sure you download the episode. As soon as it drops, you're not going to regret it. Have a great week. And don't forget, if you don't quit, you win.